Hi, this is Chris Sorensen. Welcome to Brookville Road Community Church Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to check out our website at brookvilleroad.cc for all the latest information about what's going on at Community Church. I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in becoming a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. guys with us. Thank you for choosing to to gather together once again today. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord, to be in this place together, worshiping uh, with one another. I just want to make mention of some things here as we get started. Uh, I I notice I've been away on vacation, but I come back and I see all of these huge uh, machines out there and some of this ground being moved, and it's so exciting to see what God is doing among us. Uh, It's part of an initiative that we have that we're calling Boundless. Uh, Boundless is a two-year initiative where we're trying to just raise the level of what we do for missions and then raise what happens here for our kids and the different environments that we have to remodel space for them, and we're building a new sanctuary as well. And so there's a lot of things that are going on. And uh, just a quick update, we are going to have a meeting between the elders and a group called Aspen. Aspen is the one who's helping us with remodeling and putting up the new sanctuary. So we're going to meet with them on Monday night. And this is one of those final kind of meetings where we're going to get all the plans and and hear all of the details. And we have a week to figure out whether or not we want to make some changes to those plans or sign the dotted line. And so uh, here pretty soon, we'll sign that dotted line and we'll have all the details kind of ironed out how we're moving forward with the construction here in this building and then with a new sanctuary as well. Uh, So once that gets done, uh, we're gonna plan an evening where we can gather together as a church and consecrate the new building. That means we're just gonna lift it up to the Lord, pray his blessing on all the work that's being done. Uh, We'll let you know a date when we get that finalized, but we'll probably gather here in an afternoon, do some worship in here, uh, read some scripture, and then we'll most likely grab our coats and then go outside, uh, stand around the perimeter and pray with one another and, and ask the Lord's blessing on that space. And I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be a great opportunity. Thank you so much for your generosity. All that is happening here is because of God. His blessing, his blessing on you and your life, your faithfulness to respond to him through your offering. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. God's on on the move. And it's not just here with things that we have remodeled or a building that goes up there. There are things that we do that are beyond these walls. And I would just encourage you to keep praying in your God time. Keep praying for our missionaries, our pastors, our ministries that we have all around the world, really. Uh, If if you would, just remember to pray for all of our pastors and missionaries in Brazil, uh, Fiera Nova and the new church that we're putting up there. Uh, Pray for India. We've got two church buildings that are being put up there at the same time that we're doing this one, soon to be a third one going up in India. Uh, Pray for the Hope Center. Uh, Pray for Pastor McQuan and Faith Community Fellowship, the ministries that we have going on through Pastor McQuan in India and here in the United States, uh, our strategic partners. So there's a lot of things that are happening, a lot of moving parts. It's not just us getting in here in this room uh, once a week. It is all of us actively involved in what God is doing around the world, inviting this church to really be a a hub, a a sending organization that sends missionaries and pastors out and plants churches and makes a difference, not just right here in this room or in this community, but around the world. And I love, love, love being a part of a kind of church where we we see some changed lives that end up changing the world. And so thank you for being a part of that. It's a joy to be here. It's a joy to be one of the pastors on staff. What we're doing uh, now is we're going through a series that we're starting today based on a book that I've written called Uncertain. And uh, you can download a free copy of Uncertain, a digital copy. You can get it on your uh, iPad or um, your, your, I don't know, whatever uh, whatever device you use. You can get it, uh, go to the website, download it. Kindle, that's the word I was looking for. 
I don't get out much. Uh, uh, if, if you requested a hard copy of the book, uh, you did that a month or so ago, your name is on a little post-it note on the book at Connection Corner, and there's a few hard copies left back there as well. So if you want a hard copy, you can get that. And again, it's free. Don't give any money for it. Uh, it's free because it's just way too much pressure. Uh, it, you would expect something at that point. So first book, God bless you. But uh, the reason that I wrote that book uh, called Uncertain is because that seems to be the theme of my life. <clears throat> I'm uncertain a lot of the time. Not quite sure what to do. Uh, I, I tend to be an information gatherer. I'm an investigator, and I pull in a whole bunch of information wherever I can. Uh, and that's good sometimes, but it's also bad because I never really pull the trigger. So I get all of this information about, hey, what car to buy? What TV to buy? What, what direction to go? How, how to do certain things? But I just get overwhelmed by all the information. I'm like, what, what do I do? And it seems that there are moments in my life where I've just been uncertain. Which way do I turn? What do I do? Now, some things are, are fairly simple and there's uncertainty, like what do, I, what do I wear today? But then there are moments in your life and my life where the uncertainty, it's almost debilitating. Like what does God want me to do? How am I going to overcome the stress in my life right now? How do I get through the chaos or the crisis that I have going on? And so really that kind of anxiety and anxious uncertainty that's my life, and so I figured I would write it down because maybe there's somebody else out there like me, and my hope, my desire, is that this book gives you some tools, some ways of being able to overcome some of the uncertainty that you'll experience in your life. You see, when we look in Scripture, uh, uncertainty goes from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. It, it, there are no accounts of humdrum, boring routine. Yeah, throughout the Bible, we've got death and, and famine, and there's just all kinds of pain and stress. It, it's all throughout the Bible. And the reality is, that's our life. Our life is just filled with uncertainty. And, and the challenge is, we, we want life to be stable. We, we want life to be predictable. We want, we want life to be enjoyable, and if things aren't the way that we want them to be, we want God to make them like they used to be, or God, please make them better. Uh, we want to be in control of our lives. We want to find those things where, okay, I just want three quick ideas to get my child to do what I want my child to do, or I want the silver bullet that will fix my marriage. I want things to get stable. I, I wanna find the promises in God's word that promise me health. But what we find in the pages of Scripture is that there is one who is in control and one in whom we must trust, and it's not us. You and I, the truth is, you and I, we are not in control of our lives. You never have been. You never will be. You can manage your life. You, you can do some things on your end. But ultimately, you're not in control. God's in control. You don't control how, how long you're going to be able to live, how long you're going to be healthy. So many things are out of your control. And the problem with us, we want to control everything. And if we get in a place where we can't control and we don't know the outcome, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, that leads us to uncertainty. The reason that we have anxious uncertainty is because we're not in control. And we begin to worry then about the future and what is out in front of us. Now, fortunately, we have a history full of people, full of Christians, who have found themselves in very uncertain, very difficult circumstances in their life. And they came out on the other end of those circumstances with a renewed sense and assurance of God's presence, his love, and his sovereignty, and his control over everything. And so... 
Today, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about how we can find peace in the middle of all of the uncertainty and stress and difficulty that we have. And in order to do that, we're going to open up our Bible. And the reason that we open up our Bible around here, the reason we open up Scripture, is we believe that it has wisdom and truth. See, we turn to the Bible. We don't turn to some book the pastor wrote. We turn to Scripture because we believe that it's true. And I, I would just say that if you've gathered in here today and, and you're not really quite sure yet about God and Jesus and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're, you're not a follower of Christ, I would just tell you at the same time that the Bible holds wisdom for you, that there is truth that can be found within the pages of Scripture. You see, if the Bible isn't true, where else are you gonna turn? I mean, if there isn't a God who is in control, who are you gonna to turn to? I mean, you, you can run to a bottle, you can run to a pill, you can run to an image on a screen, you can run to a relationship for a little while, but there will come a point in your life when your life is spinning out of control that you realize no thing and no person will be able to meet your greatest need and your greatest desires. You will discover at the end of that bottle at the end of the relationship, that they could not bring you the peace that you had longed for. And I would just say, if you would come to the point where you would realize that there is a God and his son is Jesus Christ, you will then begin to discover that you have a heavenly father who loves you, who will be with you in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your crisis, to bring you the peace that you've been longing for. So, uh, I want to share with you today how millions of people all around the world through centuries now have been able to experience peace in the middle of their anxious uncertainty and stress. And the truth that we're going to share in here today has the potential to bring you peace in a profound way. You ready? Here it is. Put on your hat. You might want to write this down. Pray. That's it. Pray. And you're like, that's it? Like, Chris, I've done that. I've prayed, I've prayed about my stress, I've prayed about the circumstances, I've prayed about the uncertainty, and it hasn't done anything. Well, I just wanna encourage you that maybe there is more to scripture, and I'm gonna take you to a passage where I believe there is more if we will just dig for it and discover it than perhaps you've thought about prayer before. And in order to do that, we're gonna open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter four. Now, Philippians was written by this guy named Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul. And before Paul was known as Paul, he had a name. He, he was called what? His name was Saul. His name was Saul of Tarsus. And Saul was a really religious guy. I mean, he knew about God. He was Jewish. He, he was following the law. But he didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul, like all of us, had his own issues with uncertainty. Paul, Saul at the time, his desire was to murder Christians. His desire was to eradicate, get rid of Christians. And one day while on his way to go about his business to make sure that Christians are thrown in jail and then eventually murdered, Paul, Saul has an encounter with Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. And he has this interaction with the risen Lord. And from that interaction, Paul then realized that Jesus was the Messiah that he was looking for. The Messiah being the Redeemer, the one who would deliver not only Israel, but deliver everybody from their sins. He knew that Jesus wasn't just a good teacher, not just a good man, not just a prophet. He realized that Jesus is God because Jesus had raised from the dead. Because if you can raise yourself from the dead, you're more than a man or a woman. You are 
God. And so he's God. And so Jesus says, I want you to go out. I want you to tell people the good news that I am who I say I am. I am God. I am alive. I offer them salvation. If they come to me, I'll take them to the Father. They'll have new life in me. So Paul goes out and he's going all over the world and he's telling people good news. You can be saved. You can know God. You can have a relationship with him. And in the midst of that, Paul gets arrested and he's thrown into a Roman prison. And it's while he's in this prison in Rome that he writes to the people of Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians. So he writes to the people of Philippi while in a Roman jail cell. He's not at Starbucks. He's not on vacation with his toes in the sand. He is awaiting trial to stand before a psycho emperor in Rome. He is going to stand before this guy that perhaps you've heard his name before. His name is Nero. Nero had launched a campaign to eradicate Christians. Well, that's how Saul started out. And it probably didn't stand as any you know, shock to him that here he is standing in front of Nero, the, the one who wants to eradicate Christians, and Saul was originally gonna do that, but his life had been transformed. And it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen just because you believe something. It happens because you encounter someone, and he had encountered Christ. He's gonna stand before Nero. And like I said, Nero is a nut. Nero would build Colosseums, bring Christians into the Colosseums, and entertain Romans with the Christians' death. He, he would take Christians, uh, he would have them impaled on stakes, set them on fire so that he could see in his courtyard. He's insane. And Paul is going to stand before Nero. Romans chapter, or Philippians chapter four, verse four, and I believe that there's a truth here. If we'll just get a hold of it, we'll bring us some peace. This is what Paul says, in jail, rejoice. And we're thinking, <laughs> what are you talking about, Paul? You're in jail, and you're gonna be standing for Nero. Rejoice, Paul's like, yeah, rejoice in the Lord. And in case you just didn't catch that, let me say it again, rejoice. Then in verse five, he says, let your reasonableness be known to all. Now this word reasonableness, that word is translated different in different versions of the Bible. Uh, some versions translate this gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to all. Some put unselfishness. Some put let your considerateness be known to all. Basically, Paul is saying, when you are in the middle of a trial, when you are in the middle of something difficult, make sure that you maintain your character. Don't do the wrong thing because you're experiencing pain. Don't do the wrong thing because you're experiencing stress or difficulty in your life right now. Character matters. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not just when you feel good, not when things are just going your way, but do it even when things are bad and you're in pain and, and you're struggling and you're uncertain and you're unsure and you are worried. Make sure that your reasonableness, your character as a follower of Christ can always be seen and known. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. God hasn't gone anywhere. In the middle of the jail cell, in the middle of your trial, your chaos, your crisis, God hasn't gone away. Now, in the middle of the trial, you might feel like God is far away. You might think that God is far away. But Paul says, no, the Lord God, he is near. He is close to you in the middle of your uncertainty, all of the anxiousness that you have. And so Paul says, don't then, he says, don't be anxious. Verse six, don't be anxious about anything. And again, at this point, we're thinking, Paul, that's easy for you to say. I mean, you're an apostle. You've got maybe a different level 
of faith than I have. You saw Jesus. I haven't seen Jesus like face to face. Your, your faith must be different. Easy for you to say, Paul, you don't know my circumstance. You don't know the pain in my life. You don't know the challenge and the worry just kind of spinning around in my mind. What does it mean to be anxious? Anxious means you, you are experiencing turmoil, you're experiencing something difficult in the moment, and you're worried about the future. You, you don't know the future outcome, and so you're, you're just kind of spinning things out of control in your mind and in your heart, and you become anxious. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're like me, but I think what I do in my own life, I tend to create scenarios and so when something bad happens in my life or, or something that, you know, it's not going the way that I want it to go, you know, boo-hoo on me, everything then gets bad. You would think that maybe in my scenario of how things are gonna be in the future that would be up and to the right, not for me, everything is down and to the right. It's just gonna get worse from here. And so I run the scenario, it's always bad. Like, oh, I, I have a hangnail. I'm going to die. I mean, eventually... It gets to that place. I mean, it's just crazy the kind of thing that happens in my mind. I am then anxious about this small thing. Now it's blown up in my mind, and it's something even bigger. I am anxious about it. And I'm not sure how it plays out in your life. Maybe it's your finances you worry about. Maybe it's your family you worry about. Uh, maybe it's your job that you're concerned about or your health. Maybe you've got some kind of dream about the future, and your dream of the future is in jeopardy in some way. And because you're all kind of stirred up about that thing, you're on edge, and now your relationships begin to suffer, and your relationships are suffering because you're just not sure of the outcome, and now you're inconsiderate of others. You're lashing out at others because you're feeling all of this stress, and you are unreasonable because your world is closing in on you, and you are feeling anxious because you are no longer in control. I mean, if you could get it under control, you would. But you're not in control. You never have been, you never will be. You can manage some things in your life. But ultimately, control, lordship, that's not yours. That's God's. And he knows the future. And he knows the outcome. And when you and I can't play God in our lives, we lose control and we are uncertain and we get anxious. And so Paul says, don't be anxious in anything. How am I going to do that, Paul? How am I going to do that? I have this hangnail, it's going to get gangrene, I'm dead. Don't be anxious about anything. Paul says, Chris, you need to pray. You need to pray. Maybe you'd be like, Paul, I've prayed. I've been there. I have done that. I've prayed about the uncertainty. It did not help. Paul says, pray. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul is explaining here how to deal with anxiety. He says, by prayer and supplication. Now, prayer we get, and maybe supplication, you're like, isn't that maybe kind of a fancy word just for like prayer? Yeah, it means prayer, but the word supplication, it goes much deeper than that. In supplication, there is a, a deep longing. Uh, supplication is a, a heartfelt petition. 
It is you and I slowing down long enough to reveal what is going on in our heart in that moment, the true things that are happening and stirring on the inside of us. It's not just some kind of quick prayer. No, this is a deep longing on the inside that you begin to unveil to God. Paul's saying slow down long enough that you can get beyond the surface of, oh, I'm just kind of worried and stressed about this kind of thing that I can't control and I don't know the outcome. Paul says, start doing the hard work of getting alone with God. Dig down underneath that uncertainty and you unveil the depths of your heart to God. You get alone with God and in that moment, you unveil that thing that's underneath any area of your life where you have Anxious uncertainty, beneath that uncertainty is worry and fear. Now you might push back on that and say, well, no, I'm not afraid. I'm strong and I'm in control. But wherever you have anxious uncertainty, not like just simple uncertainty, like what do I wear today, but I really don't know what's gonna happen with my life. I really don't know what's gonna happen with my job. I don't know what's gonna happen with my family. You dig down deep enough beneath that uncertainty, you're afraid. Think about your most recent uncertainty. If you dig beneath that, if you get to the core of that uncertainty, you would be able to say, the reason that I'm anxious about this is because I'm afraid that. The reason I'm anxious about this is because I'm afraid that. Wherever there's uncertainty, beneath that surface, there is worry and there is fear. You pull back the covers of worry and fear and what is beneath that is a desire. It's a longing. Sometimes it's a, it's a need, or maybe even a want. And that desire, that need, that longing, it is being threatened. And underneath all of that, if you have set yourself up to be the one who is in control of your life and you have not given that to God, your world will shake, and you will get stressed, and you will get worried, and then there will be more fear. So in the midst of your uncertainty, you gotta start getting past the simple quick prayer, God, God, I pray I don't have cancer. God, I pray that I don't lose my job. There's something beneath that. You've got to get beneath that and find out what is the need, what is the longing, what is the desire. And if you can take that and then you pass that off to God, your heavenly father will say to you, I'll take care of that. You see, you, you put into a God's hands that which only a God's hand could hold. And God's hands are big enough to control everything. His hands are big enough to control your heart and your mind and your life. You are not in control. You are not Lord of your life. He longs to be Lord of your life. He longs to have that spot. So you get with God long enough that whatever you're stressed out, wigged out about right now, you begin to dig down beneath that uncertainty. You will find worry and fear. You dig down another layer. You will begin to find what you long for. So maybe the prayer isn't just simply, God, I, I'm afraid that I might lose my job. Maybe deeper beneath that, the real fear is that if you lose your job, you won't be able to take care of your family. And so you pray, God, I, I'm afraid if I lose this job right now that I won't be able to take care of my family. And God would say to you, oh, I can take care of your family. What else you got? I guess I'm afraid that if I lose my job that people will look at me and they'll maybe look down on me and they won't think that I'm very smart. And I guess really deep down, I want people to accept me. And God says, I can take care of your identity as well. You take that uncertainty, that worry, 
you unpack that and you will find a longing and a desire that God longs to hold for you. So let me ask you, have you really prayed about your uncertainty and the circumstances that you find yourself in? Have you gotten beyond just the surface, oh, I hope it doesn't turn out like this, to this place of I long and desire for this and I will take that longing and I will place it into the hand of God. God asks you to get alone with him just long enough to do that kind of thing. And then here's the great thing. When you take the worry, the fear, and then the longing and the need, and you place it into his hand, what he then offers you is something else. Peace. He offers you peace. So uh, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Then it says in verse seven, and the peace of God. Not, not the peace of your circumstances, not the peace of safety, not the peace of, I know how everything's gonna turn out. No, the peace of God. You see, it is the peace of God here that is what we long for. He says, the peace of God, which then surpasses all understanding. So the peace of God that God then gives to us, that doesn't make any sense. So when the world looks and they look at us who, who have gone to God, not just with the uncertainty, but with the fear and the worry and then the longing and the desire, and then we begin to receive peace from God, the world looks at us and they're like, well, how is that happening? They look at us in the middle of that and they say, why, well, he should be stressed out. She should be crumbling under the circumstances. I don't understand how they have peace in the middle of all of this. God gives us peace. Peace, it doesn't make sense. It's the kind of peace that says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So he offers us peace. We long to have control. I think I can control my life. I'm gonna try to manage everything myself, manage everyone, all circumstances, myself. I realize, man, I'm not controlling everything and I'm not really sure how everything is gonna turn out. Now I've got some worry and now I've got fear. But if I peel back the layers of all the worry and the fear and I get down to a longing and a desire and I can then take that longing and desire and instead of finding the sufficiency in myself to meet that need, give it into the hands of God, he then offers me peace. We used to sing a song when I was a, a kid in church. Maybe you guys uh, sang this song as well. Um, we used to sing it in tune. Um, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And then we had this verse, and I love this verse. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. You guys do that one? That was awesome. I wanted to sing that song just for that verse. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Ouch, sit on attack. Ouch, sit on attack. Ouch. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on attack to stay. And then, and then uh, there, was, there was this verse. I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. That verse comes from this passage. That truth is all about the character of our God. That our God has the ability to take care of every single thing and meet every single need that 
we have. It is the peace of God that allows us to see his character and that he has the ability to handle every uncertainty that we have, that he is in control. That we have a God in heaven who isn't just in control of the cosmos, he's in control of your chaos. That he doesn't just control all of creation, he begins to control your crisis that you have in your life and he is sufficient for every single thing that you have. And in the middle of the crisis and finding your sufficiency in the one who made you, created you, put breath in your lungs, gave you new life through his son, breathed life into your soul. In the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your pain, that God then offers you peace. His peace, and it's the kind of peace that then guards your heart and your mind and your emotions. It is the peace of God that begins to protect you. And when you continue to pursue him, what you find is that God going about battling your fear. And eventually, the fear goes away, and all you're left with is the peace of God. Do you know why I believe all that? Because I've experienced it. There have been moments in my life where I have been absolutely overwhelmed. When I have gone to my heavenly father in heartfelt prayer and just poured out my heart and I walk away from that moment with a renewed sense that there is a God in heaven who is secure, who is sovereign and holds all things in his hands. The reason that I believe that there's a peace that goes beyond understanding is because I have seen it in other people. I have watched other people experience that peace. There are people in this room right now who know that peace, who've had just devastating news, heartbreaking news. Yet in the midst of all of the depth of that pain, they go to their heavenly Father. They pour out the depths of their heart and through all of the uncertainty and worry and fear and desire, the Spirit of God moves in in a very tangible way, and they have peace. And people look and they say, how is that possible? It's possible because of a God who is in control. There is a peace that is available to those who are willing to take the time necessary to go to their heavenly father and unveil their worry and their fear and to take all of that and to place it in the outstretched hand of God who says, I'll take care of that. And then in his other outstretched hand, he offers you peace. The kind of peace that passes understanding where things begin to change, not because your circumstances changed, but because of the peace of God moved in in a way that only God could do. I would encourage you to get alone with God long enough that you begin to unveil the depths of your heart, to just get past the simple, help me, bless me, give me, protect me, I'm worried about, to get down low and to be able to say, God, I long for and I desire and I will never find that sufficiency in me but I can only find it in you. And I will place that into your hands. God's hands are the most capable hands of handling anything that you're experiencing. Would you bow with me in prayer? I just wanna ask you, 
What's your greatest concern? What is heavy on your heart right now? What consumes your mind? What are you afraid of? It's within that fear that you will find your greatest desire and your heart's longing. And your Father in heaven longs to have you take that fear, that worry, that desire and place it in his hands. Would you take a moment just right now to tell God, I'm anxious about this because I'm really afraid that God, I have fear. I'm anxious and I'm worried. Friend, if you will place that into his hand and then let go of it, he will then give you peace. But not until you let go of it. Not until you come to the one who made you and created you and longs to stand in the gap of your pain and show himself as true and the one who is in control to offer you peace in the middle of whatever kind of storm you're experiencing right now. When you place that fear and worry into his hand, in his other hand, he now offers peace. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love for you to join us at one of our weekend worship services. For service times and information about BRCC, be sure to check out brookvilleroad.cc. God bless you.